Hello, and welcome to Volter Ego, episode 27. Um, I just very quickly wanted to start with a little mini anecdote about um, just how important uh, meditating can be sometimes. I, th- I think people think that meditation is, you know, uh, for all sorts, well, all sorts of things, but, you know, there's this idea or this image or this stereotype of, you know, someone sitting calmly and being extremely zen and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's very often, um, sort of very often not that at all. Like I, I was in a really, I could tell that I was in a really bad mood, but I didn't do anything about it. And it was, I would say it was for about three or four days. I had this kind of grumpy funk, this sort of odd, uh, snappy, um, grumpiness to me. And, uh, I, and I wasn't doing anything about it, which is a bit unlike me. I think I was just busy. And so I, I woke up, uh, I deliberately set my alarm a bit earlier for the following day. And so I'm just going to try and nip this in the bud. And, and I was losing sleep as well. I was kind of wake up in the middle of the night and have sort of racing thoughts and stuff. And I, I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to do a, what a huge one tomorrow. I'm going to meditate for at least an hour. And, and I did, I, I got up at like five and started meditating at like 20 past five through till about half past six. And it was just, it was a real revelation and a surprise to, to me. Um, and I'm saying this as someone who does this quite often just what was going on inside my own head. It's quite interesting that, you know, we're aware of the kind of conscious self and that's the you, you know, making the decisions and, um, I'm going to make a cup of tea now. And that, that feels like that's all the thoughts that there are, but often there, there is like a, uh, a a stream of consciousness or a stream of thoughts bubbling away that you're kind of aware of, um, if you kind of focus a bit, you can tap into it, you know, and you might realize, um, that you're worrying about something or like you, you catch yourself thinking, Oh, bloody what's his face. Why did he get that opportunity? And I didn't get it Or, but you, you quickly distract yourself or pull yourself away from that because of a more present concern. And I, you know, but that those thoughts don't go away. They're actually that, well, in my in my case, they're often still bubbling away. And it's it's like you're running on like hate fuel. You know, there's, there's your more kind of immediate conscious self that you think is, is in charge, is behind the steering wheel. I'm going to go to, I'm going to walk to the fridge. I'm going to get a drink. You know, um, I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to send that text, like making those sort of conscious decisions. But then there's actually a whole like maelstrom of thoughts happening and not in your subconscious. Like it's just all there. Anyway, so, so I meditated and I, I looked in and, um, and, um, so yeah, I meditated and it was, it was like, it's like taking the lid off like a doll's house or something and seeing inside, it's just like overrun by goblins. You know, it's just all these worries and just, it was, and it was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable meditating because it was just, I tried focusing on my breath and normally, you know, 
on average, when you meditate, I always say like, for me, the first like 10 minutes are always a bit kind of, you constantly get distracted by your thoughts and the job is to non-judgmentally kind of go, oh, okay, I can see I'm thinking some stuff there. Just kind of label them or observe them and then come back to your breath and don't um, scold yourself for getting distracted. And they talk about, I would say in for that hour, I would say about 50 seven minutes of it were awful and I just kept I was and I was consciously thinking don't think about stop getting distracted by these thoughts and stop having these thoughts like why are you worrying about all these things money and success and um you know creative aspirations and why haven't I achieved this and how am I going to balance psychology degree with this and blah, blah, blah. What the fuck? What the fuck am I even thinking? Why didn't I just, you know, why didn't I just go into banking in my twenties? <laughs> now I just wouldn't be worrying about money all the time. So all this, and I said, just don't think about it. Stop it. Stop thinking about it, which is, you know, one of the first rules of meditation is don't get angry with yourself for thinking things. Um, come back to your breath. Come on. And then I'd breathe, but I was trying to force it, for, you know, like force myself to think about my breath. Um, and then I'd suddenly be caught up in those. Th- it's, it's, and it's such an interesting like jujitsu kind of judo move where like you think you're focusing on your breath. And suddenly it's like, it's kind of like falling asleep or having your consciousness hijacked because you suddenly realize you, you think you're focusing on your breath, but suddenly like, you've actually been thinking about something else for six minutes and you catch yourself, how the hell did I get here? I thought I was wandering down like the breath path and suddenly it's like, hang on, I've been thinking about, you know, selling the house and living in a tent for the last six minutes and (laughs) worrying about my mortgage or something. You know, it's just like how, I'm sure I was thinking about my breath. How did I end up here? It's it's fascinating to see your, and again, it's it, it doesn't, it's not, this is why it's so the concept of no self is so important because it's you know often your thoughts think themselves you know you don't have to think them they arise all by themselves it's m- much like you you know your brain is like your lungs you know it, it'll operate perfectly happily all by itself without you intervening at all you can you can hold your breath on purpose but if you if you don't think about breathing you'll just do it quite naturally and you'll you'll your brain and your conscious self is very much like that. You know, you can force yourself to think of something like, I'm going to think about a penguin with uh, dragon scales, you know, and you can, you know, make yourself think that, you know, I'm going to plan, I'm going to plan what I'm going to have for dinner. You can choose what you think about. But if you, if you, if you don't, your brain is very happy to think all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so I just looked inside myself and it was just this maelstrom of worry and concerns and grief and all sorts of stuff all bubbling away completely unattended completely uninhibited free reign it was like it was like monsters had free reign on my brain you know and i hadn't bothered to check and and so i realized no wonder i've been walking around for four days in a stink because this is what, it's almost like, you know, this is the diet, this is my diet. This is what my brain is eating while I'm not looking. It's like it's running off to the pantry and cramming, you know, 
sugary snacks into its face without me without me noticing. You know, no wonder I've been cranky. I've been running on like hate fuel all this time. And finally, 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 um, the last like four or five minutes, finally it all calmed down. And I, you know, finally the breath did win. Not that you should see it in those terms. I mean, it, it did. It did just organically come to the fore, and everything settled down, and there was peace. And I would say, yeah, my day that that was the fifth day of feeling like absolute shit. And that day, day five, was markedly better. I was positive. I had a spring in my step because all of these thoughts had just been sort of dealt with and noticed and handled um, and detached from. But I think it's important like to, yeah, meditation's great for all sorts of reasons. It's great if you can achieve that sense of calm. It's awesome if you can really meditate so long that you get into that, you know, you switch off your, what is it, your default mode network and you just become one with everything. <laughs> you know, meditation's great if you achieve enlightenment. Um, but it does have this other function of just like, if you're feeling really ratty and shitty and you're not sure why, you're just in a shit mood, just have a look in, inside yourself because you, you might realise that it's not, you know, we often say, oh, I'm in a bad mood without saying why. And the, so often there is no why. Like I said, the brain's happy to think its own things. But um, if you just, if you te- if you, pull the hood up and have a tinker under the hood. You know, it's amazing what you'll see in there. And you'll suddenly realise, oh, that's why. My brain is absolutely preoccupied with, you know, all this awful stuff. And I didn't even notice. And so I've, and I've shut it down now. Anyway, I've had three or four days now of just feeling really much better and much calmer. But um, it's amazing you have to put that effort in to actually uncover that stuff. Um, and what you find when you look inside yourself, it's just, oh, right, I had no idea my brain was thinking all these things. Anyway, that was just a little thing I wanted to share. Um, and anyway, what, what I really wanted to talk about was um, capitalism, guys. Um, it struck me that part of the reason we're so sad and anxiety is on the increase and depression and all sorts of mental health problems is because... I think one of the governing principles that that drive our behaviour has been kind of uh, neutered by money. Um, And by that I mean traditionally, you know, back back in the days of being cave people, you, you would only survive and pass on your genes by doing things that, generally speaking, made you stronger, healthier, more more physically, you know, um, robust, resilient, and all that sort of stuff. Um, whereas now, well, it's interesting. It seems like our what 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 is a what is a motivator for our behaviour these days, and why do we why do we do certain things? If if you took money away from the situation, would you sit down at a desk? for nine hours or eight hours, barely moving 
and drinking energy drinks to focus on, you know, if you, if you subtract money from the scenario, would your behavior remain the same? Um, and I think the answer is no, that there's nothing about sitting down for a long period of time, staring at a screen that's only, you know, 30 inches from your face, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, cramming your face full of sugar to focus for energy or whatever. Um, and then going to bed and that's your day. Um, money, no, normally we would listen to our bodies. Normally we would listen to our bodies and go, well, I, I want to go for a walk because that makes me happy. And I want to go in the ocean because that makes me happy. Or I want to stare at that bird for 10 minutes and think about nothing. But now money has usurped those natural sort of instincts, I guess, to look after ourselves. Um, and it makes us do things that that are counter to uh, our physical and spiritual well-being. And so I think obviously, aside from the obvious reasons why capitalism makes us sad in terms of the unequal distribution of resources, you know, capitalism really only makes about seven people happy <laughs> when you think about it. There's already about, there's about seven people who are massively rich and can, you know, they can, they can probably imagine something and then it, it's made real by money a week later, like Elon Musk can probably go, I want to, I want to double deck a bus, but it goes underwater and it's got a disco in it and that can happen. He can have that, you know, um, but generally speaking, you know, the rest of us, like with the inflation crisis, you know, my, my sister in the UK, when I talk to her on Zoom or whatever, she's got like, she's wearing like seven coats. Because, <laughs> and she works, she's got a good job, you know, but she can't afford to turn the heating on in her own house. Because <laughs> it's so expensive. And it's just like, what is that? What is that? Like she is by all other standards, you know, middle class. She's probably in the top 1% technically. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was amazed to read that. If you, if you, own, if you earn over, so like in Australia, like over $50,000 a year, apparently you're, in the, you're at least in the top 3%, which I find remarkable, <clears throat> given that if, if you have earned $50,000 a year, you, you, you know, in Sydney, you probably die. <coughs> um do you know what I mean? Uh, but she's, she can't, she's wearing seven coats. It just looks like a, she looks like a human ball, a ball of clothing. She looks like a, 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 a wardrobe has become sentient and is parasitically attached to her, you know. It's a new predator. Um, but so capitalism makes us sad in, in lots of ways, one of them being that it just doesn't actually enable us to live a meaningful life. But I think that money directly as a, as a, there's a word here, a stimulus or a, a motivator is actually just, it makes you, it makes us ignore what's good for us. It makes us ignore our bodies and it makes us ignore our bodily needs. Um, and I think that's interesting. You would just do, you wouldn't, we do so much that's bad for us. And go, and but because we think, because we're brought up in schools, like, well, career, job, career, job, you know, 
We somehow think it's okay. Some of us think it's okay to have a job and that because they're giving you money, you're supposed to just sit in a cubicle in a fluoro-lit fucking office dungeon and just type, hunched, not using your legs, not using your core, not using anything. So money makes us ignore, it makes us, um, yeah, it, make, it, make, it makes us suppress what we actually need in favor of, you know, fucking fuck knows what. But it, I think it's interesting, you know, if, you, if it were not for money, would you, would you sit down for nine hours at a desk? No, you wouldn't. And it's, there's a reason for that. It's, it's, it's not what you would naturally choose. All things be, being equal, you wouldn't naturally choose to spend your day that way because you know it's bad for you. But it means, it means like the evolutionary process and humanity's sort of um, push towards, you know, we, we evolved from the environment. You know, our, bod- our bodies are an answer to a question, right? The question is the environment. The answer is our bodies. Yeah, our bodies are a response to the, the natural environment they grew up in. So we're specifically designed. We're, we're specifically designed by nature, right, to function a certain way. And now we're not doing that. Money has supplanted that. Um, and now we're doing lots of things that have got absolutely nothing to do with um, what our bodies were designed to do. We're packed with neat features, Right. And we don't use them, which is kind of sad. You know, we we live in this sort of state of homeostasis, you know, like constant comfort. We don't want to be too hot, too cold. Um, we just want constant comfort. We, you know, we, we don't challenge, our bodies aren't challenged the way they used to be. And that, when your body feels challenged, it kind of comes to life a bit and wakes up and the machinery kicks into gear. Your body goes, oh, I'm alive. That's right. I remember. I'm part of an environment. I should kick some of these systems into gear. And that results in you, you know, certain hormones boosting, feeling you feel better about yourself. And so it's, it's no surprise that when we do things that kind of stress the body in a natural, healthy way, that the response to that is generally an, an increase in well-being. By stress, I mean like putting your body through its paces, you know. So when you go for a run and you raise your heart rate, you know, that makes you feel there's a benefit to that, you know. Um, When you have a cold shower or get in an ice bath, there's a benefit to that. It's a a natural stress and it's, it's a stress that's, it's not the stress of like your boss screaming at you and you're having a deadline and staying up late drinking Red Bull to meet a deadline. It's not that stress. It's not mental fake stress caused by capitalism and something unnatural. It's real environmental stress that's making your body go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm meant to be alive. I'm meant to function a bit, you know, until all these systems kick into gear. We've, we're packed with great features and we don't use them. And so your body slowly just rusts in a way. It's kind of like buying the most amazing car ever. You know, it's got, oh, it's, this car, it's got this, it's got this. It's got auto parking and 
don't know what that is that a real term it's got auto parking <laughs> self parking self driving aircon it's got tv screens and blah 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 what are you going to do with it oh, i'm just going to put it in the garage and never use it right okay um and then it just stays in the, and it just rusts you know but if you use it and you use all the systems and you get it seen to and fixed at every, you know, you get it serviced, then it's, it, it, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to work, you know, but if you don't use anything, it just kind of shuts down or the battery runs flat, you know, if you don't use it, if you don't charge up the battery for 20 years, it's just, we're packed with great features and we don't use them. And so it's no wonder the body is getting, we're getting all these like chronic illnesses and inflammation and, plaques growing on the brain so then you get dementia or some such you know because we're just we're not we're not running up mountains and feeling the wind in our face we're just sitting down for money because money has usurped our our what motivates us you know our natural inclinations i think you know so there's a lot of people uh it's a movement which is like what is it the earthing movement so people who take their shoes and socks off because they think if they if they stand on the dirt, on the grass with their shoes and socks off, they're connecting to the Earth's magnetic field. And part of the reason we're suffering so much chronic illness, etc., is because we're wearing rubber-soled shoes that cut us off from the Earth's electrical currents or whatever. Now, I don't... <laughs> I don't put much stock in that theory. I mean, who knows, you know, in 20 years time, they could go, oh my God, it's true. Um, but I, th- I think there's a much simpler explanation. If, if, if walking barefoot helps at all, if there is evidence for it, I, I suspect the answer is much simpler than um, because you've connected to the Earth's magnetic current. I think it's because you've used your body how it was intended. And that just brings your body to life. Like if you have you if you've ever walked barefoot, I do it sometimes just for fun. Because I do I do like trying to be a little bit hippy dippy natural where possible. When you walk barefoot, you notice that your feet are like a kind of it's as close to uh having a supernatural sense as I can imagine. It's like having an eyes but that are made of skin, you know, because your feet suddenly, again, it's like waking systems up. Your feet that never have to think. Suddenly you're walking around and they're telling you all this information. You're getting a lot of information from your feet. Don't tread there. That's too sharp. That's too hot. That's too cold. This bit's perfect. Stay on this bit. Walk on this bit. It's almost like you got, you gain two brains, like at the end of ends of your legs. Because they're just sending you all this extra information that on any normal day you never receive. You don't even think about your feet. Partly because, again, you're sitting down for so long. But also partly because you can just walk fucking wherever you want to. Because you've got shoes on. So you don't have to think. So there's a whole system there that's not getting used. There's a whole part of your brain. I, I don't know what you would call it. Um, some sort of motor... Um, some sort of motor type intelligence um <laughs> studying psychology and i don't know all the parts of the brain yet but i i imagine there are certain processes in the brain and certain parts of your um yeah certain parts of your brain that are just asleep 
But when you take your shoes and socks off and start walking on the ground, they're like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, all this information. Um, okay, don't don't go there. Um, oh gosh, I haven't done this for a while. Um, that bit looks good. The grass, soft, yes. Those rocks over there, sharp, no. Um, and I think, you know, again, going back thousands and thousands of years, your, your feet would kind of be operating on their own, wouldn't they? Because if you're running through a jungle or something, or if you're chasing a predator, if you're hunting, and you've got the, you know, our eyes are at the front of our heads to look forward, and you're trying to track your... If you're chasing something, you can't be chasing it and looking down at the same time, like, you know, or, or if you're running away from danger. Um, you kind of need to look ahead to make sure you don't, I don't know, trip or there's no obstacles in the way and your feet would be telling you all the information. If, you, if you're running through a jungle trying to chase down a, a wild pig or something, you know, you're not looking at the pig, looking down at your feet, looking at the pig, looking down. You're just focused. And your feet are just having to figure shit out for themselves. And if they tread on something hard, it's ouch, and they move away and you, you know, automatically change your balance and stuff to move... And so there's, there's all these little systems. So I, I think when you take your shoes and socks off, I don't put much stock in the theory of like you're connecting to the Earth's current. I don't think that's why people believe, oh, if you do that, you know, your inflammation decreases and it's all these anecdotal stories of people going barefoot for years and suddenly they lose all these like chronic, chronic pain and arthritis and inflammation in their body goes down and blah, blah, blah. I think it's just because you're more alive. I think it's as simple as that. I think it's your, your body's getting used for what it should be used for. Um, and there's all these systems in place. And when your feet touch the earth, it's a reminder of what it just reminds your body of what it should be doing. It reminds your body of who you are, of what you are. Oh, I'm a human being that evolved from an environment. I didn't evolve in an office. I mean, that's the thing is that there's nothing about us that is designed for office work. We didn't evolve in an office. If we evolved from offices, we would have a naturally cushioned buttocks with calluses on them so when you sit, it's comfortable for long periods of time. You'd have like a, I don't know, a curved, shitty spine that's constantly just bent into a C shape so that you can so that you can hunch over your desk, you know. You'd have your arms would be shaped differently, so you don't have to hold them over and you know, your shoulders would be curved. Everything you just look like a fucking fleshy pretzel or something. You know, you'd just be all curved in on yourself. Um and you'd have no long range vision. Blah blah blah. You know, but you you would you would have because because evolution, because evolution, that would make your body happy and your body would flourish in this hypothetical parallel universe. You know, you think about like everything everywhere all at once, the greatest movie of all time. Um, but, there, you know, there's a parallel universe where behaving in that way would make your body flourish and come to life and you'd be happy because your body would have evolved in that environment. Your body would have evolved to maximize its own happiness when in those conditions. 
long periods of sitting would flood you with dopamine, your inflammation would go down, you know, you'd get more, <laughs> you'd get more, um, more, I don't know, what do they call them? T cells? No, what are they called? Uh, you'd get more stem cells, that's it. More stem cells going to your buttocks <laughs> to create more cushioning and more padding. Your body would just be at its best and happiest sitting down for a long periods of time. But we didn't evolve in an office. We didn't evolve to sit down for long periods of time. We didn't evolve to stare at screens or constantly be in air conditioning that keeps us at exactly the right temperature. We evolved, we evolved in an environment and our bodies haven't changed since then. Society has changed around us. But human evolution doesn't move at the speed of society. So we've always had all these technological changes, but our bodies are still cave people, essentially. And so we're doing things that... Our, bo our bodies flourish based on what evolution rewarded us for doing. So when you do something that evolution goes, oh, yes, I remember that. That was a good thing you're doing. You get, that's, you know, that's why you get flooded with chemicals that make you feel good when you do things that would have benefited you thousands of years ago. Going for a run, running, jumping into the ocean and feeling the cold ocean on your skin, uh, walking barefoot probably. Again, that's just me having a guess. Um, eating healthy stuff, not not cramming your face full of chocolate. Where was chocolate in the Serengeti or wherever the fuck we evolved? You know, there's, there's never been a David Attenborough documentary where, you know, it's, it's like... The... The... This pack of lionesses has finally spotted some prey. Using their front-facing vision and their scent on the air, they have located their target. And the chase begins. The giant chocolate bar tries to escape using tactics, jumping around, using its strong chocolate hind legs to evade the predators. But it stands little chance against these apex predators. Latching, <laughs> latching their jaws around the chocolate bar's throat, slowly the lionesses suffocated. Jackals come in to join in the reaping the, <laughs> what do they call it? The spoils of war. But it breaks free. The chocolate bar has one final chance to make an escape. Heading for a ravine, it runs and plummets down the steep cliff face covered in loose shale, the lionesses fear to follow. But follow they do, giving chase once more. Can the chocolate bar make it back to the herd? But tragedy strikes. We need to find some different music here. What's a bit of something that's a bit sad to end, end this? Uh, hang on. 
first try. And finally, they catch up again. The giant chocolate bar. The giant chocolate bar's chances, zero. The lionesses will gorge for several days on this massive concentration of processed sugar as nature intended. <laughs> the rest of the herd move on. They will be more vigilant in the future. But for this chocolate bar, its story has come to an end. You know, it's not... <laughs> that didn't happen. There is no processed sugar in the natural environment. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, we don't need it. So when we eat stuff... So when we do things that connect us to the natural world, it's no surprise that our mental health improves. That's not an accident. And I think it's because we forget, because capitalism, because money, we forget that that's, that's where we're supposed to be and that's what we're supposed to be doing. But we, we willingly suppress the instinct to make ourselves happy. And instead of evolutionary, um, you know, natural selection and, and, and evolutionary processes governing our behaviour, uh, and giving us a metric by which we can measure whether or not we've had a successful day or not. Because it's now just, well, my successful day is money because we're chasing money. It's like, well, and the things that earn money are, yeah, sitting down for long periods of time, working in an office, not connecting with the environment. Um, we're getting sadder and sadder and more depressed and more anxious because we're not giving, we're not using all these great features that, when we do use them, bring our body back to life and make us happier. So I think that's why, I think that's why there's been a sort of movement towards these sort of um, paleo wellness people. Um, you know, I can, I can see the argument in, in embracing some of these more like, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I always, I would check to see what the research is and stuff, but you know, I, I can see the appeal even if they're wrong, I can see the appeal of like the paleo ice bath, um, barefoot people because it, it's just such an obvious reaction to how we've ended up orienting our lives, which is towards these very like sterile sort of, yeah, homeostatic office environments and just a life cut away from nature. So as, as a result, I can I can see why those would be appealing. I I enjoy um, I do cold showers because I feel like there's enough fledgling evidence there um, to be worth looking into. Um, so I do I do those and and you know I go swimming in the ocean when it's really cold um, and I you do feel great afterwards. And again I I don't care really what the science is. I always, I I don't even care if it's a placebo to be honest. If placebos work. <laughs> then do them. <laughs> like, what's the problem with it being a placebo if it works? Um, you know, I, I hop in, I come out of the ocean feeling great. So, and I, but I, I think it is, I think it's just the body coming back alive. It's been unchallenged and just left in a garage gathering rust 
and, you know, getting chronic problems, you know, and you hop in the ocean and suddenly the body's like, shit, I better get my act together. I'm going to, you know, turn on, boost, turn on all the systems again, you know, fire up the starship, you know, you sort of like turn on the shields and the weapons and the everything, all systems go. And it just starts working again because it's a machine. Um, the body is a machine, but it's a machine that evolved in a very specific environment. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it, our bodies evolved uh, to do really well in the environment. They didn't evolve in an office. So it's the, it, we've got to take our cue from the environment um, as to what, you know, it's going to make us feel happier and have a few more happy chemicals in our brains, you know? Because money's just money's just convincing us to sit down for long periods of time. I am, um, oops, bang the microphone. Um, and also the things that money get you aren't even, it's not like you earn lots of money and then buy something that kind of, you know, use it to buy a laptop. It's like, well, why to do more work? <laughs> it's just like, what? It doesn't even buy me. People, people work all their lives to buy like a really great car, like a fast, like, yeah, I'm going to get a Ferrari. And it's like, but it's still, you've not won though, have you? Because you, st- you, you, you still have a car, most people anyway, to drive you to work. So I suppose you've got a better car to drive you to work, but it's the, the, having the amazing car hasn't solved anything. It's like, well, I've reached the end level boss. I've got a, fast car now job done it's like well no because you you're driving to work like you just you haven't you haven't fixed anything you're still going to the place you don't want to go to but that you have to go to because money <laughs> so you're still you're not free now it's not like you buy the ferrari and now it's that you get to go and live in some community of enlightened beings it's like You've just found a faster way to get to the place you secretly hate. And it's, and again, it's not... The, the fastest, most amazing car of all time that costs a million dollars is still not as cool as walking somewhere. Isn't that amazing? Like, the, the, you, you can have a self-driving sentient fucking Ferrari Tesla hybrid thing zero to a hundred in fucking no seconds it's still not as cool as walking because that's what makes you happy and that's what that's what (laughs) you know that's what we were designed to like that's nature you can't no amount of money is better than nature and so, you know, when I, I, I walk my kid to school in the dappled sunlight in the morning with the sun coming through the trees, and somebody will go past in a posh car and I'm like, but I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> you spent all this money on a thing, but what I'm doing is objectively better. I'm objectively better than you. It's, this isn't a subjective world. It's a matter. Of, it's not a matter of opinion. Walking is better than driving. The the world's most expensive car will, is not as good as someone walking barefoot. <laughs> it's 
Isn't that weird? Even having less, having less than shoes is actually cooler than shoes. So I'm not, you know, I walk with shoes on, obviously. I don't walk my kid to school barefoot. But if I, if I walked barefoot to school, I would be better than, A, I'd be better than someone walking with shoes. But I'd be, I'm better than walk, I'm better than someone driving in a Ferrari. And I don't even have shoes on. How's that? <laughs> the far, the best car in the world. You spent a million dollars, and I've what I'm doing is better and cooler, and more amazing, for free. What you're doing is actually worse than. You know, you're actually you're not using your body. I'm just gonna drive my kid three minutes to school. I reckon if it's anything less than a 20-minute walk to somewhere, you should just walk it, you know? Anyway, that's I'm getting onto getting sidetracked. I just think it's fun. It's a, I think it's a funny observation that all the money in the world spent on a car, a fast luxury car, and you actually look more of an idiot than someone who's using their legs. I think that's amazing. Um, all their arms, you know, if, if you're if you're in a wheelchair, just that that movement, moving your body, you know, getting out in the fresh air. My car has a aircon and a con- yeah, I I my aircon is the earth, <laughs> is the is the wind and the actual air, and if it's hot, guess what? My body sweats. It's got its own inbuilt aircon to cool it down. It runs it runs on premium. <laughs> Diesel uh, runs on a hybrid of ethanol. My 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 body runs on lettuce and water. Okay. Anyway, I'm getting getting on a rant. I just I just think it's funny. I think it's funny that the world's best car is not as good as a person with no shoes on. Um, anyway, I'm going to stop there. I, I think basically to sum up is just you know. There's a reason we, we get happier the, the more we get in nature and money has convinced us to abandon that um, because money is now the sort of evolutionary motivator because you, you're going to succeed more, apparently. You're more attractive, apparently, if you have more money. But you're not happier if you have more money because you're sitting in cubicles and doing boring stuff. So um, just get in nature when you can. And test, give your body little, push your body a little bit. Natural stress is good, not work stress. Where are the numbers? What are the figures? Get me the figures by three o'clock. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not good. That's not stress you need. But natural stress, cold on your skin, wind on your face, a raised heart rate, a bit of ouchy on your feet. So you're having to think and, your feet having to come to life again, that sort of stuff. Reminding your body that it's alive and reminding your body that it's still in an environment. It's not been grown in a pod, you know. Um, reminding your body it's alive and reminding your body it's in a nat- it's still just about in the natural world will make you so happy. Um, and that's, you know, it just works wonders. Um, anyway, that's... That's enough from me. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, um, there is a Patreon. So, uh, 
you know, I've made it pretty cheap, I think. Had a few new people trickle in recently, that was nice. But uh, yeah, if you're interested, just it's there, you know, and it helps me. Um, just helps a bit. It, help, it helps decrease my <laughs> stress because I talk about money again. Helps me stop worrying about my mortgage with the $9 I get. <laughs> That'll pay for a house. Um, but anyway, support me. Hope you enjoyed it and stay well. Get in nature. Bye bye.